Hello and welcome to Sass and Sips Conversations. In this empowering series, we're inviting incredible, influential guests to the pod for candid chats about women empowerment, resilience, and their remarkable journeys. Get ready to be inspired, enlightened, and empowered as we dive deep into their stories and explore topics that matter to us all. Welcome to the pod, Sarah Laws. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming. Do you want to tell our listeners who you are? Sure. Well, <laughs> my name's Sarah, as Chloe said. Um, one of Chloe's good friends. So thanks for having me, Really Chloe. good friend. Anytime. Um, yeah, I guess I'm a chiropractor and women's health practitioner. So Chloe and Hannah have asked me to come on the podcast today to share a little bit about that. But what do you want to know? Oh, I want to know everything because I feel like I'm so uneducated yeah. when it comes to female health, which I think is a little bit ridiculous considering I am a woman. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't necessarily think that's your fault and nor do I think you're unique in that situation. I yeah. Think we could probably all band together and say the same thing. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like I even saw something the other day on TikTok and it was like, did you learn about this in sex education? And I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's something to do about female, health, like sexual health. And I was like, no, we didn't learn any of that. It was literally like, just wear a condom when you have sex so you don't, don't get, get pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> don't get pregnant, don't get STDs. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe the extent was like, you know, you have to wear a tampon if you want to go swimming because you can't swim on your period. Like, yeah. Yeah, I reckon we've all had the same experience. So crazy. Yeah. Isn't it? But um. Yeah, I should have done a bit of introduction. Sarah and I go way back. Our partners went to high school together and we met through the lovely Archibald. (laughs) Wow, he gets a shout out. He's going (laughs) to, they're going to love that. I know. Let's not feel the egos, but yeah, we met then and you're my smart friend. You're my doctor friend. (laughs) You're my friend that I go to when I have a sore neck and you're now on this journey learning more about women's health and you're so passionate about it. I feel like every room you walk into, you make everyone feel like super special and you want to know everything about them in like a positive way and help them and make them thrive, which is like a really special quality about you. Oh, thanks, Chloe. It's That's okay. So nice. <laughs> That's all right. Um, yeah, that kind of you're welcome. A little, bit, <laughs> a little bit about how I got into women's health as well because similar to I am assuming both of you girls – my education was exactly the same. You know, it was very limited in what we get taught about our bodies as a female. But I also think, you know, our mums weren't taught these things and our grandmothers mm. weren't taught these things. So, of course, we were never going to get taught them. Mm. Um, and a really stark statistic that I remember reading when I was at university doing my Doctor of Chiropractic degree, my master's, was that women were only included in research studies really late. I can't remember when it was, but I'm going to say it was like the 80s or something like quite recently. Yeah, wow. Like relatively speaking so like not only did we do we not know what's going on in our bodies but no one does yeah you know yeah because it, we just haven't been studied we haven't been included like men have um and i want to preface that by i'm not here to shit talk men absolutely no. not love them they're love great them. they're amazing yeah. species they're wonderful people um but we are just different we're equal but we're a completely different species mm-hmm. um and therefore we require different things we go through different things our bodies are wired in different ways 100 um, percent. oh yeah but you know what like uh, you're talking way more factual but i'm just thinking like even something for me and a trigger for like when i'm about to get like 
my period, I crave like certain foods like mm. chocolate. But like I, when I got my period as like a young woman, I didn't know that was a thing or like even like the hormones mm. you go through, like just when you get a bit shitty before yeah. it, like all of that or Anyway, I feel like we got a lot to talk about. Like, oh, it's gonna be even like episode. period yeah. poo is that a thing? Like, yes, it is a thing. I, yeah, no one taught me about that. about that. No, and this is the thing. Like, we we haven't spoken. No one's spoken about it. And so, yeah. how yes. do we know? And I think as women, we do this thing, which is probably to our detriment, where we go, "Oh, that must just happen to me, and I must be broken." Yes. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Another thing, and then I'll stop talking. But I remember, like, before I was a tampon user. Okay, can we put in that trigger warning that you were talking about? Yeah, we should do that Maybe now. Yeah, Yeah. so (laughs) just as a trigger warning, you know, I mean, I'm assuming all women are comfortable talking about these things, but some might not be. Um, So a trigger warning that we're going to talk about periods, we're going to talk about menstrual cycles. And I wanted to say that a female cycle is about so much more than just fertility. So whilst fertility and pregnancy might come up, and we know that 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 might be um, like a hard conversation for some people or, or a tricky topic, um, we're going to talk a lot more about cycle health and menstrual health. Um, and it's so much more about fertility than, you know, just fertility. Um, but also I think this is a great episode to share with the men in your life. Mm, Clark is and really keen yeah, for Yeah, we were chatting yeah. to Clark before we recorded. And I think it's really cool to share this stuff with your partners or with men in your life so that they actually understand what's going on in your body. 100%. And when you get the shits before your period, they understand why. Yes. And they can learn how to support you in that process and not get angry at you for having the shits. Yes. Yeah. Love that. Um, so back to my little story. I remember before I was a tampon user and just say like I'd sneeze or I'd be sitting down for ages and then I'd stand up and I'd get the sensation. Oh, I know. Of the, the blood coming out. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh, my God, like what you were just saying earlier about like, oh, my God, is this a me problem? Oh, it's a me problem. Oh, my God, does anyone else experience this? And then I can't remember who it was, but it was at high school. Someone was like, oh, I hate it when like I sneeze and I can feel my period coming out. And I was like, oh, you experience that too? Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, wh-? And I think it's different now. But when we were all growing up, I think it was still very like taboo to talk mm. about your period or yeah. like, God forbid, if like anyone in the cubicle heard your like tampon wrapper mm. opening or I don't know, it was just very like not ladylike yeah. to talk about your mm. menstrual cycle. And that like, that's a really interesting point, Chloe. So how did that make you feel when someone else had the same experience? Oh, I was like, okay, I'm not an alien. Yeah. I was like, it's, okay, it's normal. Right? Yeah, I was like, yeah. someone else experiences this. I just remember feeling like relief. Mm. I was like, okay, I'm not the only one that experiences that. But yeah. I'm like, why don't... We don't we... get told that. Yeah. Because I feel like I was really open with my friends about that kind of stuff. And I always felt like we're all in the same boat. But that's as far as it went. Yeah. You were never told that. You just would relate to each other. You didn't go and like investigate further. Mm. Like I thought... It was normal to have heavy, heavy periods, but actually it wasn't. Mm. Like it was, mine was so bad mm. that I had to go on medication. That didn't work. I went on the pill at 16. Yeah. So it's like, mm. unless you're talking to other people than your friends, like yeah, you, you don't, don't know. know. Yeah. 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 The only good thing, my mom, she'll get a shout out. She did give me a full proper, what's the right word? She showed me how to put a tampon in. Mm. She demonstrated on herself in front of me and I was like oh my god but I could look at the little wrapper that you get in the tampon box and everyone's like why did your mom show you how to do that that's so gross I'm like 
I would not yeah. have understood from that little no, picture. No, and I have a funny story to share with you on oh, that as really? well. <laughs> this is not a uh, unique experience by any means, but I remember being really young. Now, I didn't get my period, my first period until I was just before my 16th birthday. Oh, so my So I was relatively God. late. Now, I was quite – like I was doing a lot of sport, so it yeah. wasn't uncommon, and that was just how my story went. But um, – like that's quite late, relatively speaking. Yes. Now puberty is starting around ten. It's a lot earlier than our average age is a lot earlier than what it's ever been. Really, that's a whole issue in itself. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I was eleven. Why? There's lots of reasons, a lot to do with our lifestyle and how we mm. are living. But they call it precocious puberty, so early onset of puberty. Um, it's happening to girls as young as seven and eight. Now, like Hannah, I know you've obviously got two young girls, yeah. but we all know young females and we've all been seven or eight ourselves. That's really young to be so thinking young. about how to put a tampon in or like yeah. Gosh, yeah. That you're bleeding. And you can imagine the, the fear that comes with that. But the funny story about the tampon thing, we can kind of come back to that stuff, but is, and this is something that a lot of patients will share with me that they experienced as well when they were first getting their period, but that they didn't realize the tampon went up into the vagina the way it goes and thought it just laid like a bit of a hot dog between <gasps> oh, your lips. And I was like, see, and this is point in case. Like yeah. when people aren't taught and they shown by Cassandra their mums or, their sisters yeah. or whoever. And I, very similar experience to you. I have a wonderful mom and I've got two sisters. So surrounded by women who were very eager to show me and, and teach me how to do things. But if, if we're not, imagine growing up with a single dad and yeah. brothers. Like who's going to teach us these things? Because I don't know. School's not teaching us. No. And they're our girlfriends are our only other option. Yeah, yeah. I honestly would still be putting my tampon in my lips if I didn't have my yeah. mum. See, mum, hundred percent sure. Because I wasn't like one of those kids. Like I developed really early. So I think of whatever the terminology you just Precocious used. Precocious puberty. That yeah. thing. Yes, that was me. Like I went for my mum took me bra shopping when I was like. 10 or 11 because like I didn't have huge boobs then but like I needed something more supportive than the little bronze bonds crop top yeah and I remember like mum being like oh I really hope you don't get your period now because like she I think she got it early mm. and she was just like oh like you know the like but she never explained it she'd just be like I don't want you to get it and yeah. there was like this big thing for me being like <gasps> Yeah. I don't want to get it. So straight away you've had, and this is not unique either, Chloe, like mm. you've had this experience where we've been fearful of our period. Yeah. And that's generations and generations and generations. You know, we've been scared and it was taboo and it was dirty to have your period. Yeah. <sighs> and it is just, we need to just debunk that right here and now because that's just so completely wrong. And we're going to chat about some stuff today that I really hope women will come away and go, oh my gosh, like having our period is actually our superpower. Yes. It really is. Our cycle is our superpower. And okay. when we know how to harness it yeah. and when we know how to balance it so we actually have a good experience with it, it's absolutely a wonderful thing that we should be celebrating. Yeah. Um, I'll and then, celebrate you know, it. our men need to know that too. Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. Should we jump yeah. into some questions? I think so. What a normal cycle is meant to look like in terms yeah. of our yes. hormones. Yeah. All right. Um, so should I, I make... just say? Yeah. Please. Um, I didn't know we had phases of our cycle until I wanted to get pregnant with Nellie. I ah. literally had no idea because I got mm. pregnant by accident with Ruby. <laughs> Whoops. so, whoopsie. so I was like, "Oh, so how do you figure this out?" And you have four phases. You do. Oh, I didn't know you had four you phases. Do. Yeah, Ooh. and you, and you can tell <laughs> by your discharge where yeah. you are. Oh, Absolutely. Oh my god. Mm. Okay, we're talking about. Oh, we're going to blow. Oh, we're going to talk about a lot of discharge. <laughs> It's little crazy. Dissy you can see when you're fertile. What do you mean? Okay. Yeah. Who, okay. Let's dive into that. Yeah. 
Um, we let's come back to your story okay, too. Yeah. Okay. You just you just thrown some little <laughs> things in there, like we were on the pill at sixteen, which we're going to come yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, we'll bounce around. We'll, so we'll come back to your story because I reckon it'll be interesting. Whereas I know a little bit about clothes cycle, and it's relatively normal. Okay. Yeah. So you know, I reckon there'll be some good stuff to come up okay. with you, Han. But yeah, you're so right. Our cycle is broken up into four phases, four mm-hmm. main phases, and um, women run on a twenty-eight day clock, give or take. Right. So you know. In theory or in the textbooks, you would read it as a 28-day cycle. Some women will fluctuate, you know, 30, 32, up to about 35 is relatively kind of normal. It's kind of in the bell curve of normal. So for ease sake, we're just going to say 28 days just because that's mm-hmm. just what we're going to go with. Um, we run on this 28-day cycle. We run on this 28-day clock. So of every day of that 28 days, we have a completely different hormonal makeup every single day. That's wild, wild right? <laughs> and is it true that men have the same hormones like every single day? There's like a 24-hour clock. Yeah. That's so yeah. fucking crazy. So you probably both heard of the circadian rhythm, right? Our yeah, sleep-wake yeah. cycle. Yeah. So we both have that, men and women. We both have that. Yeah. We have this extra special extra special cycle called the infradian rhythm. Right. And it's exactly that. It's our 28-day cycle. So men, every single day, will reset. Their clock resets. That is why it's usually in the middle of the night. So let's for fun, fun sake, say midnight or 1am in the morning. They just Mm -hmm. reset. They go to sleep. They reset the next day. And if you think about the men in your life, that's exactly them. Oh my God. It's Clark to 100%. Then think about the way we work. We work nine till five, like give or take people are different, but we get up, we go to work, we do work, we come home, we have dinner, we go to sleep, we repeat it the same day. Right. Mm. So the world we live in is very favored to the, to a man. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the same stuff every single day. It's very repetitive. Whereas as women, we actually need to tap into our 28-day cycle to truly live, you know, fulfillment within our system, within the physiology, our like internal structures, our internal organs. So we need to actually be tapping into our 28-day cycle because every single day of that 28 days, we are a completely different hormonal makeup to the day before. That is so wild. Yeah. Oh my God. It's wild. And it when you start wild. to piece these things together... You can actually go, oh, my God, I can see how I can use this to actually, you know, prioritize things so I'm most productive here and I'm most energized here and Mm, I'm doing this. Yeah. But it also means that, like, you know, for example, if you're going to go and do a workout, your workout is going to be very different the day, week before your period versus the week after your period. Yes. It's going to be completely different. So this idea of us getting up every single day, going to the gym, smashing ourselves, going to work, being really stressed out, having 10 coffees a day, coming home, making dinner, cleaning the house, looking after kids, all these things, going to bed and doing it all the next day just does not serve our bodies at all. No. Yeah. It's just different. And we need to know how to, you know, piece together the phases. So the phases. Yeah. Phase one is menstruation, so our period. So yeah. the start of the day one of your bleed mm-hmm. signifies day one of a new cycle. Mm-hmm. Menstruation for some people will last between three and seven days. Um, just as a fun fact, usually it's about 80, 60 to 80 mils of blood per period. Now, find me someone who measures that because... Yes, no. seriously. <laughs> yeah. Unless, you know, some women might have a menstrual cup and they might be able to gauge it a little bit better. Oh, true. Or yeah. you can read the back of your pad or tampon um, box and it'll tell you how absorbent they are, how much, oh, okay. how many mils they absorb. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you're counting mils of your period, then like you've honestly got nothing better to do with yourself. <laughs> it's like, I don't know who's doing that, but not Literally, me. Literally, not um, me either. But... Probably a good indicator to see if you're, you know, heavier or lighter than that and to work out why that is. But that's menstruation and, and our bleed is a real, really important time to kind of turn inward. It's a time to kind of reflect. Um, and nowadays, you know, in like actual evidence, the first phase, that menstru- menstruation phase of our cycle has actually been shown to be our fifth vital sign. So our other vital signs are our blood pressure, 
heart rate, temperature, and breathing rate. So they're wow. important char- like values or characteristics of life. You yeah. know, if we don't have them, we're dead, essentially. Yeah. Um, and our period has been noted in the evidence as our fifth vital sign. That's how important oh it is. God. That's crazy. Wild, right? Yeah. But yet so then we crazy. spend years suppressing it on yeah. different hormonal contraception. Like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I've you know, so many things going in my head right now. It's crazy. <laughs> so that's first phase, right? It's that menstruation uh, phase. And it's all about your, um, your hormones being at their lowest. Okay. So we'll come back full full circle, obviously, when we get to the end of the cycle. But your hormones drop to to start the bleed. Yeah. That's how we get a bleed. Okay. We then start building into the follicular phase, and this is my favorite phase. Oh. Um, this phase is all about building up the new follicle or mm-hmm. the new egg that's going to be ovulated or released to maybe be fertilized or maybe not be fertilized. Mm-hmm. And this phase is all about yeah, essentially building it up. So our hormones, our estrogen is rising. Once I've done the phases, we'll talk about what these hormones do and why they're special. But estrogen is rising to build up this beautiful little follicle that your body is creating. Now, again, another little fun fact. That follicle is a complete organ by itself. So every month we're creating a brand new organ all by ourselves. I feel like I need to like high five myself. (gasps) I know. This is amazing. How wild is that? It's a complete organ. So it's like, you know. It's a beautifully functioning little organ that essentially can create life when it meets with sperm. So it's amazing. This thing is just phenomenal. And it the follicular phase is all about building up that follicle. Mm. So it's all oh, about building that follicle. My follicle God. And this is the time where we're really productive. So oh, like we okay. can get stuff done. It's when we're building in our confidence, building in our energy. Our metabolism is usually pretty good around this phase as well. And then we come into ovulation. And ovulation is the hallmark of our cycle. It's the most important event in our cycle uh, for a number of reasons. But um, like when we ovulate, we release that egg. So we go, see you later, little egg. You might get fertilized. Your little (laughs) organ, right? You might get fertilized. You might not, but see you later. I've done my job. You're in, you know, you're a happy little, complete little thing. Go and see what you do. So it releases Mm -hmm. it out. And that's, um, release of the egg, the ovulation of the egg actually produces another hormone called progesterone. Now, if we don't ovulate, we don't create progesterone. And progesterone is this really beautiful hormone that gives us confidence. It gives us this really calm, but like collected, really sure of ourselves. Oh, it's why we have a high sex drive. It's exa- Yeah. So uh-huh. just before progesterone gets created, we, yeah, we peak in our sex drive for obvious reasons, because if we're, if we've got high libido, we're going to be more inclined to have sex and then make a baby. Exactly right. <laughs> more chance to create like for that um, follicle to be, for that egg to be fertilized so then that kind of releases it kind of hangs around for a little bit now once the egg is released which is usually at 3 a.m in the morning oh weird oh really yeah which is kind of in my mind a little bit counterintuitive because not many people having sex at 3 a.m but like this is why our bodies are amazing because that egg will survive for about 12 to 24 hours dependent on the person but sperm can live inside our vagina for five days. Mm. So there's a six-day window of ovulation, of um, fertilization that can occur. It's called our fertile window. And that hand is when our cervical mucus is doing some really funky things mm. so that it can protect that sperm. Again, women are amazing. Um, protects that sperm and it coats it and it helps it get to the egg and stay alive um, so that once the egg is released, it can kind of have the best possible chance to, to meet the egg. So crazy. Wild, right? Oh so that's ovulation. God. Um, when ovulation happens, we get a spike in this other hormone called the luteinizing hormone. 
it's probably a little bit irrelevant, but that's just another one of our hormones. And that kind of adds to our confidence. And yeah. um, if you've got any important like business meetings or if you need to be really persuasive, that's Schedule the time to do it. <laughs> Around ovulation. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because gotcha. you'll get your way. Oh. It's also when you're at your most like sexy and you're yeah. confident in yourself and you're really attractive to, to potential mates. So to yeah. your, the men in your life or your partners in your life. Um, and there's a fun study I'll share with you in a second on that, which will blow your mind. And then so we ovulate, we release that egg, potentially gets fertilized, it potentially doesn't. And then the next phase called the luteal phase is all about adapting to what happens in our body. So either it gets fertilized and that progesterone will keep building, it'll keep going and going to support the implantation of the potential pregnancy, or it doesn't get fertilized and our body has to recognize that and go, okay, great, we need, we now need to reabsorb that follicle and um, yeah, the follicle of the egg that got released and all of the bits and pieces that come with that. We need to reabsorb that and get rid of it and get the uterus ready to shed the next bleed. And that's when our both our hormones, so our two main, our progesterone and estrogen, they drop and we get our next bleed. So that in itself is essentially the crux of our cycle. So phase one, menstruation, phase two, follicular phase, phase three is ovulation, which is only a couple of days. And then phase four is our luteal phase. And then it goes again. Clark, do you think I'm a superhero now? He should. I think he should. Yeah. I think I am. Women are. are pretty amazing. Our bodies are pretty phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, wow. Yeah. And like I said, men's men are also wonderful. Mm. Um, but they're just completely different. We're just yeah. we have completely different internal processes happening in our body. Um, so there was a really interesting study done. Uh, it's called the T shirt study. And oh. it's a little bit gross, but pretty cool. We're gonna get to the end of it. And the gist of it is, as a kind of a quick summary, um, a bunch of men were given T shirts. Same T shirt. And they were all told to go and wear it for about a week. I can't remember how many days, but let's say about a week. Go and wear it, go and work out in it, just live in this T-shirt all day, every day for a week and then give it back to us. Yeah. And they gave it back to these people conducting the research and then they brought in this bunch of women and half of these women were on the pill and half of them weren't on the pill. And the women who were, weren't on the pill were able to correctly identify their unique suitor so the person that was most matched to them based on um, fertility compatibility age um uh things in intro like common interests what they did for work and values like personal values that they had they were able to correctly identify that one person based off the smell of this t-shirt no way the women on the pill were not able to do this they picked all these different random suitors or or partners um, who just were incompatible with them on whatever whatever level. Might have been fertility, it might have been personality, it might have been whatever, age, whatever. So to kind of explain that, the pill or anything that suppresses our hormones, so anything that unbalances or dampens our hormones, which there's a whole heap of things that can do that, in this case it was the pill, changes our pheromones. And that's our ability to sense and smell to find a correct mate. That like is you know, so at, crazy. At the end of the day, we're just... Mating, yeah. I, like, to on the back of that, saw this, probably a TikTok, but it was, like, when you meet your partner and you're on the pill and then you come off the pill and you don't like them anymore. And I was like, is that real? But it could be real. Yeah. That is exactly this. So, I don't know the numbers, but it's the divorce rate for women if they meet their partner on the pill and then maybe they choose to come off it to have a family, the (sighs) divorce rate is really high. (laughs) Because, off the pill. because we're, we're <laughs> either God. we're yeah we're, we're just 
we're dampening our physiological or our biological innate ability to do what we're put here to do. You know, in a sense, you know, we are much more than fertility and and reproductive purposes, but part of our biology is there specifically to recreate. Yeah. And if we are dampening those hormones that allow us to do that, we're changing the chemistry of what we choose and the decisions that we make. It's wild, right? Wild. It's so wild. It's so wild. I'm shocked by that whole pill thing. I've never been on the pill. Have you not? Yeah. Which is is rare. I know. Yeah. It's good though. I think that's good. It's great. It's a really good thing. So there's this thing called your HPO, which is your hypothalamus pituitary ovarian axis. And it's just a really fancy way of saying your brain talks to your ovaries. Mm. Right? So that's how things happen. Our brain has to control everything like we know. And it sends down neurotransmitters and different hormones to stimulate different parts of our cycle when it's happening, right? And that HPO axis takes nine years to mature. It's a learnt experience. Our body has to learn how to have a period, how to have a cycle. And that's why commonly you'll hear women go, I got my cycle, I got my period for the first time and then I didn't get it again for six months. Uh, or, you know, it was irregular because okay. your brain has to learn how to do that. It takes nine yeah. years. I actually can't believe that our brains are doing that. I know, it's oh. wild. Oh, every not even thinking every day. about it. No, it's amazing, <laughs> right? And then, so nine years, that's quite a long time. Yeah. And Chloe, you're probably a minority that have you haven't been put on the pill or you haven't had an experience on the yeah. pill. But, you know, Han, I can ask you if you're happy yeah. to share. Yeah. When, when did you first get your period? I was 14. And you said you were put on the pill when? 16. Yeah, so two years. Yeah. So your body and your brain didn't have time to fully mature that yeah. and it doesn't mean that it doesn't work if you get put on it but it just interferes with it just mm-hmm. confuses your body a little bit and i didn't come off until well, i got pregnant on the pill yeah with which really. is like unheard of by the yeah. way yeah oh really it's yeah it's pretty well, i was just taking it very well <laughs> yeah well there you go yeah and that's um, the thing the pill um is a very good contraception yeah. option. like it's very good at being a contraceptive mm. um it's just not very good at doing other things that we're sort of led to believe that it does yeah um but yeah you do have to take it you know, same time every day. You have day to take it, guys. Whatever the rules are. <laughs> Don't forget it. Yeah. Well, it's like yeah. any medication. If you yeah, yeah. use 100%. it correctly, it's then it's... Right? Yeah. I would say then, I was, was going to say off the back of that is... Yeah. So I didn't have my period, like, properly until then. Until I was not pregnant with Ruby. So once I had Ruby. And then I got put straight on the mini pill mm. by my doctor. And Do you it, remember why? Uh... They kind of just ask you what birth control you want to be put on mm. as soon as you have a baby because they don't want you to get pregnant straight away. Which is just and so crazy. Isn't yeah, because it? this time around, I but just what's said. What's actually wrong with that? Getting pregnant uh, after having a baby? Uh, I mean, nothing, really. Nothing physically, other like, than like, you know, it's very stressful for the female's body. It's very stressful. Yeah, I think for it's their, to do with like, like the stress on your body and like yeah. potentially your cervix. So maybe okay, I put that yeah. wrong. But okay. I mean, like women, I've, you know, I've. I'm just thinking patients. like in the cavemen days, yeah, they wouldn't, wouldn't give a fuck. No, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And this is what I mean by like, we've sort of been misled a little bit in what the pill actually does. Yeah. Um, it's a fantastic contraceptive. Mm. It'll do that. It'll mm. stop you from getting pregnant because it'll stop ovulation. And Unless without ovulation. <laughs> well, that's, if, yeah, if you take it. But like, if you don't have ovulation, you can't, you can't get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Not releasing an egg. Yeah. So it's a very good contraceptive, but it's not very good at doing other things that we're told that it does do. Mm. Wait, so back, so back to you, Han. So you, I got put on the mini, mini pill. pill. What's a mini pill? I don't know. It's a different combination of hormones. I think. I don't but know. You were yeah. bleeding a lot. I bled like every two weeks. I had a period mm. to the point where I went to work one day and said to someone who we work with, if I pass out today, 
let them know that I am bleeding like so crazily. Oh. I left home. I lived like 10 minutes from my work and I'd filled a tampon and I'd leaked. Oh. Yeah. Like that's insane. Yeah. So I just like, I took myself off it. So and I've never been back bleeding on. like that when you were on, when you were off the mini pill before, like once you gave birth. Yeah. You get, you, obviously you can have like a normal bleed, a postpartum yeah. bleed. That's fine. You kind of had that. Yeah. And then before I got my actual period back, I was put straight on the mini pill. Wow. And then I had like these horrific bleeds. Yeah. Like couldn't go anywhere without leaking and then I took myself off it because I was like what is happening Mm. like I thought I was going to pass out because I was bleeding so badly and I've never been back on it since yeah crazy isn't it and my little pet peeve with that and again I'm not here to bag on medical professionals but it's a band-aid approach 100% I've changed doctors since I should say that oh (laughs) there you go that's good um but this is what the pill is used for a lot it's Mm. a band-aid approach to a lot of other hormonal imbalances that um, yeah we're just masking with being on the pill going into that then so a hormonal imbalance Mm. like what is that and can you fix it Mm. one of my questions was like can you fix it with diet i see that everywhere like fixing your hormones with diet yeah it's i've got something with this as well yeah because when i'm eating really healthy or not health that's the wrong word when i'm just like you know, being a bit more sensible with my eating, I don't get any period symptoms mm. whatsoever. Yeah. And if I'm like, yeah. for instance, in Europe, like eating and drinking every single day, then I got like a little bit of like tummy pains, mm-hmm. but nothing crazy. Like I'm being touch wood. I've been really lucky. Like I've got a very textbook 28 day mm. cycle. But um, when I'm like, watching my what I'm eating in my diet I have no symptoms yeah at all so it's and I don't track my period Mm. so I'm like get surprised I'm like oh whoa yeah but you've noticed the pattern right? yeah I've noticed the pattern Um, absolutely it's all linked it's all very very connected and I'm gonna do both of these yeah almost Mm -hmm. separate but together yeah um so do you want to do the pill one first yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so the pill is used a lot we're told to clear up our skin, mm. regulate our cycle, fix our gut problems, like all of these things that we're told that it does that there's no evidence for. And really it's just masking it because like we said, when we go through the phases and we've got this beautiful estrogen that's building and growing, luteinizing hormone spikes, we ovulate. And then from that we get our progesterone. You know, those two hormones are working in, they're like a little orchestra working in beautiful harmony together and they have to balance themselves. So a hormonal imbalance is anything that's outside of that mm. and usually accompanied with symptoms. Right. So most commonly symptoms like people will get period pain or they'll get really bad acne. acne. Yeah. They're probably the two most common that you'll see, but heavy periods is another one. Mm. Really light periods, really long cycles, short cycles, you name it. There's like everything, back pain, abdominal pain, um like really strange bowel movements which like some things are normal some things aren't um but you name it there's like a whole host of different things Mm. trouble trouble falling pregnant is another really big hormonal imbalance and then you've got like your diagnosed conditions that we all know of like endometriosis or pcos um pmdd you know there's a whole bunch of them what's pmdd yes Um, i don't know that one i'm gonna have to remember the acronym now but it's post-menstrual dysphoric disorder or in that order i think um, but essentially, it's like really, 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 really bad PMS to the ah. point where women are vi- like almost significantly depressed. Like they drop into a real depressive slump, oh. um, usually the, a couple of days before their period. Wow. Um, so it's 
Yeah, think of like PMS, but on like horrific steroids. Okay. Shit. Yeah, it's, it's quite Because I get one. a bit psycho yeah. before my period. I don't get depressed. I just get feisty. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, you know, we have these hormonal conditions that have been yeah. diagnosed and then we have other ones that are just sort of symptoms that we're led to believe are normal. Yeah. Also, um, which we'll kind of get to. But yes, 100% you can fix hormonal imbalances through diet and lifestyle. Mm. Hugely. Um, what we eat is a really big one. Yeah. Um, so things that are really inflammatory based aren't going to help. So, and this is, you know, everything in moderation is great. Yeah. Mm. So this is, you know, we're talking about extremes or our bodies, some bodies have more intolerance than others as well for certain things. So the inflammatory ones are things like dairy, gluten and sugar. They're probably our three big categories. Um, all the good things. Yeah. All the good things. But this is what yeah. I mean. In moderation, they're yeah. completely fine. And also when you know your cycle, you can kind of choose when you eat them as well. True. Um, yeah. And we'll kind of get to, it's all going to kind of come full circle, but mm. your metabolism does different things at different phases of your cycle. So when your metabolism is high, that's when I'd be opting for your, you know, your gluten-based stuff because you're going to metabolize a lot faster. So that inflammation is going to be less. So, yeah. you know, there are different ways to look at it, but all of those things kind of hinder our ability to have a good experience with our period mm. for multiple reasons. Sometimes it'll affect our gut, which then affects how we metabolize anything or how we um, detox in our liver, like how we process different things and we've got to break down toxins in our liver. Um, increasing that inflammation increases a thing called prostaglandins and they are just like a immune mediated cell that essentially tell the uterus to contract when our period is due. So if we have high inflammation, we're going to have high prostaglandins, which means we're going to have high period contraction or high uterine contraction, should I say. So period, period cramps, period like pain, really bad yeah. period pain. Yeah. So <gasps> wow. to kind of link that into what you were saying, Chloe, like, yes, it's directly related. It's but insane. again, our body is amazing because we have three different types of prostaglandins. One that does exactly what I just said and two other beautiful ones that are antispasmodic. They're like, what does um, that mean? They're like stops that contraction from uh -huh. being so like so sharp yeah so they're like natural painkillers our body has thought about this already oh it knows God. that that's a painful process so it's like i'm going to produce these two things to kind of counteract that wow. wow right yeah that's weird wild so our body knows what to do it's just that we interfere with it a little bit too much and yes alcohol is another one by the way another one of those inflammatory mm. categories yeah so when we're inflaming our body through what we eat then we're going to have worsening of symptoms mm. And this isn't unique to our cycle either. This will happen in pain, like chronic pain conditions as well. Like, you know, if you've got an injured shoulder, so to speak, um, what you eat is going to inflame it more, which is going to send your pain receptors through the roof as well. Wow. So this is not unique to our cycle, but obviously for tonight's podcast, it is. Yeah. I feel like um, though, when you like really break it down, like it does make sense. Makes total like, sense. Yeah, it does. But I've just like never thought about you it. You don't yeah. think about it. No. Our body <sighs> like knows exactly what to do. Yeah. It's pretty clever. Um, so that's kind of where food comes into it. So then when mm. you start looking at that and um, by no means am I giving out like advice that's going to suit everyone tonight at all. That's, you know, go and chat to your healthcare practitioner about it. But if you track what you're eating for a, a month or two months, you'll kind of get a gauge of when things feel like they suit your body and when they don't. Mm. Yeah. And that's going to be unique to each of us. We're all going to have little, you know, variabilities within that. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you just track what you're eating when you're eating it and not from a restrictive standpoint and not from an, an obsessive standpoint, but just as a, hey, I feel really good when I eat this. I'm just going to note down what day of my cycle I'm on, mm. if you know. Um, and you can kind of piece together when it's appropriate to eat certain things or when to avoid certain things as well. Oh, my God. But it's pretty cool. So I reckon I yeah. could do that. 
and I would know. Like, I feel like my body's so reactive. Like, mm. friends, like, I, I don't know. It's so, it's just like, I feel like my body's really simple. Like, as in, if I eat healthy, no pain. If I'm not eating healthy, I'll have a bit of pain. Like, mm. so I feel like to track that would be quite easy for Yeah, me. your triggers would maybe be a bit obvious. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I don't know what you're like, Han, but like a lot of women will say the complete opposite. They're like, I have no, no idea. idea. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I have any idea. Yeah. I feel like I'm very confused. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the, the very, very first things I'll do with a female if she comes to see me for any sort of cycle issue or concern is get her to track her cycle. Yeah. Mm. So we can work out what day she's on when. Um, and we'll use a whole bunch of different means to do that. We use cervical, um, cervical mucus or discharge. We'll use basal body temperature, which is just like taking your temperature every day because mm. that will show different stages of your hormones as well. Um, and also symptoms, obviously, you know, things like her period or things like discharge are really easy for women to see and track and how they feel. So start to actually track where they're at in their cycle so that they can start to then figure out where their triggers might be um, yeah. and what they might be. So, yeah. Yeah, wow. Oh, my God. Crazy. That was like a really long-winded way of explaining no, or answering no, your questions. No, I love this I information. I, answered, I hope I answered them. You did. No, you really did. So estrogen, and most women have heard of that hormone. It's our main hormone. It's our main female hormone. We have it in huge amounts. Men have it in tiny little amounts. Now, estrogen is like, this is going to blow your mind, what blew my mind when I learned it. It's one of the most amazing hormones in the entire world. Because if I say estrogen, what's the first thing that comes to mind for both of you? Egg. Yeah. Okay. I don't know A woman. Why. A woman. Yeah. 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 Cool. Egg still fits because it builds, estrogen is part of building that egg, right? Developing mm-hmm. that egg. But it's what, estrogen is what gives us our female characteristics. So our boobs, our hips, our butts, blah, blah, blah. All the good stuff. All the good stuff, right? <laughs> And it's that hormone that will start to rise as we go through puberty. Now, it um, directly influences our bones. Like like I said, it gives us our hip quality or like our hip structure, which is important for um, childbirth. And around puberty, our pelvises change, or our pelvi, should I say, change from a male pelvis to a female pelvis. Wow. And our bone structure changes. We're not born with that. It changes. Wild. When right. we're pregnant. No, when we go through when we puberty. puberty. When we go through puberty. Yeah. So our pelvis changes shape. That's oh so God, crazy. The, the, essentially the inlet or the pelvic hole yeah. is larger. And that's for obvious reasons. So yeah, that we yeah. can have the best possible chance of, of... Pushing out the baby. Yeah, of childbirth, right? So that's what estrogen plays a really big role in that. It helps shift and change our body. So we are primed to then potentially be able to fall pregnant and birth a child. Estrogen builds, it does all of that. Like it does everything that's going to upregulate, but it also has these really beautiful qualities that go far beyond our menstrual health or our period. It is incredibly cardiovascular protective. So estrogen, little hormone, protects our heart from cardiovascular oh, disease. Really? And issues. It helps manage cholesterol and it helps manage the muscle of the heart to keep it nice and healthy. It equally helps keep our bones nice and dense. So, you know, similar to how it changes our pelvis, it helps create new bone helps stimulate something called osteoblasts, which are the cells that we need to create new bone. What so that's important, hell? right? And it also has this really beautiful protective ability for the brain. It's almost like it lubricates the brain a little bit better. It helps kind of keep the brain really, really healthy. And it's been shown to be protective against conditions like Alzheimer's and dementia. Oh, what the fuck? Hang on. There's one more step to it, right? <laughs> when we cycle, obviously we know as women that we cycle through for a number of years and then we go through something called menopause which most people have been exposed to 
uh, menopause is that process of us kind of dropping off in our hormones and it plateauing back out and our pelvis will change back to to more like a male shaped pelvis because we don't need it anymore it's not it's not functional for us and our hormones they don't shift to a male-based hormone but they definitely drop so we have them in less quantities right so during our cycling years that effect that estrogen has on protecting our heart and our bones every single month it's adding to that bank account for post-menopause so it's creating all of this beautiful surplus of protective health benefits for our body knowing that we're going to go through menopause and that we're going to need it later oh my god (laughs) wild right our bodies are so smart so smart and so estrogen is when we're going to build right so we're going to increase our sex drive we're going to increase our energy we're going to you know increase this thing called serotonin which is a feel-good hormone it makes us feel fun and energized and like happy and all of these wonderful things um in turn, it's also when our metabolism will drop, so that it's the opposite for that one. And then progesterone, which is like I said before, we only get when we ovulate. It's only produced when we ovulate. Is our really calm? It's our like inward, very I'm very calm and centered. I'm very sure of who I am. It's like yeah, anti-anxiety and and really good for mood regulation. And it lowers our sex drive and our energy. Um, and that's part of that cycle of you know, we can't be animals every day of the month. It just doesn't work. Yeah. So it's our time of rest. It's our time of just dropping in and just being in our body. And in turn, that's when our metabolism will also rise as well. Um, so like, you know, it's like a little orchestra. They've got to work together to give us all of these beautiful benefits um, wow. for our body as well, which is just awesome. So progesterone also has um, a really wonderful, like estrogen is on the bones and the brain, progesterone is on our stress response. So it helps regulate out our cortisol production as well, which is really yeah. important for not inappropriately stressing to certain circumstances. Mm. Um, and the example of that, we've all heard the fight and flight mechanism. Yeah. Um, men are very, very much fight and flight. Um, women, are they tend to be more what we call tendon befriend. And Chloe and I were talking about this before. It's when you, you need, we need to share stories with our girlfriends. We need to talk to our girlfriends. We need to find similar stories and reassurance in the people that we surround ourselves mm. with. That's our stress response. Yeah. That's what we do when we're heightened and we're stressed. Um, whereas men will just kind of go inward or they'll just fight and flight. They'll just punch a wall or they'll yeah. you know, do something <laughs> crazy. Again, men, right? Yeah. Um, so we're very different in that regard mm. as well. And progesterone really helps to nurture that stress response in us so that we can keep our cortisol nice and balanced and appropriate. So we're not having these huge inappropriate responses to stress stimuli that's not very stressful. Right. Um, like, you know, if there was a tiger here that was going to chase us, we would need to run away. Appropriate stress response. Yeah. If I like drop my notebook on the floor and have an absolute tantrum, inappropriate stress response. Yes. So our, my cortisol is a little bit haywire. And how bit. would people fix that if they noticed an imbalance in that? Yeah. Great question. Um, the first thing is finding out what's causing that imbalance. So for the sake of this podcast, we're going to pretend that all answers are in our cycle. Yeah. They're not always. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just that life is really stressful for that person and then they don't have good coping mechanisms. That's got nothing to do with our cycle. But if we have a progesterone imbalance, and usually my first question, we've all, we're all going to have known someone that's done this, but um, think of a friend or someone that you've known at the time who's been on the pill. And some people will say that they were really anxious or they were really stressed or really depressed on the pill. Have you heard that? Like, yeah. Is that what you shared that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And if you think now what we've just spoken about, the pill suppresses ovulation. So it stops us from ovulating. And if we can't ovulate, we can't produce progesterone. And therefore we don't have that natural inbuilt system in our body to have that like calming, grounding, nourish our stress response. So, you know, that's if I'm so crazy. Yeah. And yeah. and often that's my first question to women. And I think I'm a witch when I say that it's <sighs> like, they'll come in and they'll say, Sarah, I'm really stressed, really, really stressed. And I'll go, okay, are you on, are you on the pill? You know? And they'll go, yeah. But like, what's that got to do with anything? And it's like, okay, well, that's one reason why you, you might not be, you know, having an appropriate stress response because you, you're not allowing your body to create this really beautiful, natural antidepressant almost mm. for your system. Oh my god! Crazy. So when you're put on the pill, mm. what hormones are we taking, and what hormones that we produce naturally are being like suppressed? Yeah, great question. It's all the pills are different. Yeah. So they've all got slightly different makeup, but essentially they're estrogen based, or they're they're, they're a synthetic version of estrogen. Right. Um, and it's usually to keep it all at a plateau. Right. So instead okay. of allowing it to up and fall, so that's why the pill is done in a packet that's labeled day one, day two, you know, you take it yeah, in order yeah. because they're all slightly different. Depending Are they actually? On, yeah. Wow. And this is like, obviously I'm not a pharmacist or a doctor, yeah. like a medical doctor. So all the pills are going to be a little bit different and they're yeah. all going to be a little bit weird. Um, I did not know. I thought they were all the same. But the idea is for it to keep it at this level. This is why yeah. you got so pregnant. To, to do that, yeah. um, but something also really interesting, the pill, you know how there's the sugar pills and that's yeah. when you yes. get a bleed. Um, that's well, not a, that's not a period. It's a withdrawal. Yeah, it's bleed. a fake mm. period, yeah. isn't it? That's and like what they call this, it. this is gonna like make you be what well, made me angry. Um, that's all a marketing ploy. So when the pill was first developed, it didn't have that. But the inventors of the pill and the people manufacturing or making the, men, the pill, I'm guessing probably yeah, yeah. probably um, they didn't think women would be very okay with not having a period. So they were like, oh, we'll just put one in there so that they bleed and then they think it's fine. Right? Jaw to the floor. Add into oh that. My God. The what same the generation hell? of people. Not yeah. Gonna, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to classify their gender, but same generation of people also labelled the hysterectomy, which is when women may choose to get their um, uterus and their ovaries taken out for a thousand different reasons that we won't get into. But hysterectomy comes from the word hysterical woman. <gasps> right? Stop it. Oh, my God. And this is how women have been treated yeah. in the medical world as as a species because we've just, we're so different to men. Yeah. And particularly back in the day, like back yeah. when all of this was it happening. It has changed. It has. And back lot. in the day, which, you know, we should be changing the name of that. But anyway. Back in the day, you know, men were the superior being Mm. and we were not equal. We were not treated equally. So it makes sense based on the generation where these things have come about. But this is why our education and the knowledge that we have and the research that we have is so, like, small, relatively speaking, because we were just thought to be hysterical beings. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, because even, like, growing up, it was – I didn't know all these phases, but it was like, oh, so – like, the boys at school. Yeah. Mm, Someone's on their period. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you just want to punch them in the face? Like, fuck off. Yeah. And that's all they know. That's all they know. And and I'm sure – I'm sure there's men out there now who don't know this. No. And they'd probably think the same thing. Mm. Like, oh, she's on a period. She's grumpy. That's Mm. why I want the boys – Well, the men of Sass and Sips – 
to listen because it's like I'm learning a lot right now but I'm like wow like I can't believe this is not just like you telling me facts about someone this is what's happening to all of us every every single day every single day and this is like I have to laugh because um, Archie and my two housemates uh, Matt and Cam are subject to this all the time from me like I practice everything (laughs) on them and I share all these fun facts and when we have dinner at night time we go around the table and we do a good thing, a bad thing, an interesting thing from our day and something we're looking forward to. And my interesting facts are always about the female body. <laughs> yeah. And so these boys are so well-versed on this stuff because I make them listen to me. So good. You and I so teach good. them things. And I'm like, oh, what I would do to have a room full of boys just listen to me about this stuff so I could just show them how amazing yeah. a female body is and yeah. the appreciation that we should give to it would, yeah, I would love to do so that So true. Because even like sex education – I don't know if it was the same for you guys. You were split off, mm. girls and boys. Yes. Oh, see, I went to an all-girls school. Oh, so, so like yeah. I went to school, it was like boys went off and learned how to put a condom on yeah. and girls learned about periods. Yeah. But I'm like, boys need to stay. And so like girls and boys need to learn the same thing because everyone's doing it. Literally. Mm-hmm. So bad. And we, I had yeah, exactly the same experience. Oh my god! And then gosh. you would go like, "Oh, well, what did you learn?" Yeah, is and it then, the same now in co-ed? You know schools? what? I I think it is. Yep. And my perspective on this it was it was brought to my attention again just recently. I had a patient; she's studying education at university, and one of their assignments was to like present on if you could change anything about the curriculum, what would it be, and what what would you change it to? It was quite an, anyway. She interviewed me and had to submit this, and her whole thing was that like we don't get taught enough in school about like women's health and female health but also men's health and yeah because also you know um, sperm health has decreased sperm quality has decreased by 50 percent in 40 years like some ridiculous statistic right so if you extrapolate that in 40 years time no one will be able to have a child (gasps) which is our kids generation because sperm health is declining so rapidly so men also need to have conversations and be taught about this sort of stuff as well can men get tested for that? Like They can, say, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure you can do some blood tests and stuff like that, yeah, or they wild. can actually test the quality of the sperm too. Yeah. But, you know, more importantly, how can we be bettering the quality of it? Yeah, is there and, an answer for that? Yeah, there's lots of answers for it. It goes Already. back to similar stuff that we spoke about. You know, what are we eating? Mm. What, are we, um, what are we eating and drinking? What are we consuming is like a big one to ask people. But things like um, men's reproductive system is on the outside right so Mm. it's much more vulnerable than ours ours is nice and protected it's nice and cozy on the inside so things like men shouldn't have laptops sitting on their lap so Archie's gonna kill me for this but I make him have Clark he has a designated ball pillow Ah, balls like he puts on his (laughs) on his balls balls before he puts on his his lap because um, the male testes is really sensitive to heat (gasps) and it drastically affects the quality of their sperm so significantly important in general, but really, really important yeah. if people are trying to conceive. Clark's probably fried all the sperms in well, his balls. The good news is, and similar to us, men create new sperm every 72 days. Oh, okay. So, you know, there's hope. It's not all yeah. doom and gloom. But, you know, some of these habits need to be had now. Things like yeah. toxic exposure. So all the chemicals that we're exposed to, and mm. some of them are completely out of our control. Yeah. But being really diligent and researching and choosing which you know products to use in our homes cleaning products and detergents mm-hmm. that we put on our clothes you know mm. all of those things will add up to have a better impact and that goes for us and them like you know, yeah it goes both ways that all of those things can affect our hormones oh yeah. my god it's crazy to think that they like people would even sell products like cleaning or well, laundry makes products angry, whatever it? It makes that you wonder could that, like, compromise how do, how do these things get through testing mm-hmm. yeah yeah 
And again, I think it goes back or one of the answers goes back to we just don't know. Yeah. We haven't, you know, not enough people knew and maybe people are a little bit naive or a bit ignorant. I don't know. But yeah, it makes makes me go like, you know, how do all of these things get passed through, you know, health testing? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, wild. So wild. So wild. <laughs> My brain is just like, <laughs> so Wow. Okay. Crazy. Have we touched on everything? I think we've touched on a lot. I think we've touched on a lot. Any other questions? Um, I feel like I've rambled a lot, and no, it's so interesting. Feel like it might have come full circle. I hope, and all kind of landed. I guess a nice way to end the episode would Mm. be like, what do you want the Assassinships listeners to really take from this? Yeah, little episode that we've had today. Yeah, nice. And um. I'm going to do a secret little plug, but on my Cute. podcast that I have with a colleague of mine and also my mother-in-law, um, <laughs> which is a whole other thing, it's but so cute. it's awesome. We finish out our, our podcast is called three little things and we always get our guests to finish off with three little things that the, oh, the audience cute. can take home. So I'll give you my three little things, things essentially. Yeah. Um, first thing is just to appreciate and understand how wonderful our bodies are and that as a female and as a male, but talking females, our body knows what to do. It 100% knows what to do and we just need to trust in that and just appreciate it because I don't think we give ourselves enough credit ever. Like our bodies are pretty cool. Um, Second thing is um, hormonal imbalances aren't normal. So period pain is not normal. Acne is not normal. You know, horrendous um, cramps or PMS or any of these strange symptoms are not normal. Um, And you 100% deserve to get to the bottom of it and experience a better menstrual health or menstrual cycle. Um, and the third is that we live on a 28 day clock. So when you tap into those phases of our cycle and you start to track your own and get a really good gauge of where you're at, you can actually learn to live completely in sync with your cycle and be your most energized, most productive. You're also your most restful when you need to be. Um, and you can just kind of be this really beautiful kind of in sync, complete picture with your hormones that mm. is going to allow us to stress less, feel anxious less, feel more grounded get more done when we need to rest when we need to and just be really, you know, beautiful and kind and in sync to ourselves. Love so that. they're my three little takeaways. And Thank if you. a listener was finishing up this episode and they're like, shit, I'm experiencing all these like abnormal symptoms. Mm. What would their first step, like their first yeah. thing to do? What should they do? Really good question. Um, and I should have started the entire episode with, you know, <laughs> That's this okay. of like, Uh, we're all different we're all unique so we all um, deserve and need tailored advice so definitely go and speak to a healthcare practitioner that you trust and that you feel like you can have these conversations with Um, obviously this is what I do day in and day out as well so if anybody is local to the beaches you can come and find me or I can help you find a practitioner that will be best suited to what you need because obviously I don't know everything and I'm not fully equipped in everything either so I can help tee you up with someone who's appropriate for you Um, But just in a general sense, you know, we can just be nourishing our body. And within that, I kind of share with my patients that that means, you know, eating well um, or eating, you know, with, I say like eating with nourishment in mind, like, you know, that doesn't mean that we can't have the chocolate and we can't have the drink because that's nourishment. We need that for our soul. Eating with nourishment. nourishment, um, Moving regularly, you know, look after your brain. So whatever that looks like for you, do something that you enjoy, laugh lots, you know, just Find little moments in every single day that you can just nourish your body, whatever that looks and feels like for you. 
Oh, I, I love, love that. that. Yeah, and then also, I depending on when this episode drops, Monday, Monday, great. <laughs> um, I will be launching my. I've got a website that's yes. about to launch. Yeah, when's that? Um, my website is going to launch this week, and that's yes. going to be like my landing page. Um, and on there, you'll be able to find some free resources. So there's oh, a bunch amazing. of things that teach you how to track your cycle. Yeah, understand the phases of your cycle. There's some stuff in there about what foods might be best for what phase of your cycle so people can start working out what feels good and doesn't feel good for them. When you want that chocolate. Exactly, mm. yeah. Um, but always have the chocolate. Always you know, have the always chocolate. Always have the chocolate. Um, and then also I'm going to be launching my Hormonal Mastery online course at some yeah. point in the new year as well. So Amazing. That people, can, um, people can read about that on my website if they would like to. Oh, my God, amazing. Well, Thank, Thank you, you. so welcome. much. Thanks for having me. I this love was an it. amazing, insightful, educational episode. Yeah, I've learned a lot about my own body. Oh, I feel like a superwoman. I know. You are. Yeah. I you actually are. do. I just can't believe you got pregnant with all the odds against you, Hannah. I know. I know. That's why I said that. <laughs> yeah, your story is quite. It's special. It's really. Yeah. It's rare and it's special that it's no. meant to be. Meant to be. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. how nice that like you've got this information now for your girls as well 100% I was actually thinking through that like what I would do differently even when like Ruby would come in when I was bleeding after Nelly but what you doing and I'd be like oh I'm just like changing my pad and she'd be like yeah you're bleeding and like she'd just see it I was like yeah that's fine yeah normalizing it like yeah that's you're gonna have it one day yeah that's what happens after I reckon that generation is like they're gonna be really smart I think that yeah I think so. I just don't know why we pretend these things don't happen when like half our population are literally doing it every day. And without it happening, we wouldn't have a population. Literally. And we're like, ew. Well, I'm literally telling you it was not ladylike to talk about these things back in the day. Whatever that means. I think it is now. So we'll. We are ladies. We are ladies. (laughs) Love it. Thanks again. Thank You're you very, very so much. Welcome. I've she loved that. Thank you. Oh, thought, yes, anytime. please. <laughs> anytime. I love this. I anytime. love learning. All right. Well, thanks if you got this far, guys. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.